And I woke up on a coach with two nurses helping me to, <laughs> to wake up. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Rhinoplasty podcast with me, Dr. Cameron McIntosh. We're coming to you for the month of September, which with a special topic is Ola, South America. And kicking it off this, this month, which has proudly brought us by Galderma. Galderma, shout out, thank you for supporting this podcast, is possibly the godfather of South America. None other than Jose Patrocinio. Jose, thank you for being on the show with us today. Oh, I have to thank you for the invitation. It's be part of uh, so many famous guests. It's an honor. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, well, Jose, I tell you, it's amazing. I mean, you, you've been the president of the International Federation of Facial Plastics. Both your sons uh, operate with you in, in one family-run business, as it were. And uh, you've done so much for facial plastics and rhinoplasty around the world. So for the listeners... Where did this all start for you? This is, this is the, the Mafia Patrocinio. The Patrocinio's family is a Mafia. <laughs> okay, let me tell you what, 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 what that I, I can tell you about my story, how I, I started to be an EMT doctor. I decided this in, when I was in the third grade of the graduation. I, I had an EMT in, in Curitiba, in south of Brazil, the, the university. And we had a friend from my family, an EMT in Curitiba. And I I've been there talking with him and, and with my mom beside me. <laughs> and I said, I want to be a, a EMT. Say, okay, tomorrow morning at 6, 6 a.m. on my hospital at the operating room. And I stayed behind him to watch a tonsillectomy. And I woke up on a coach with two nurses helping me to, <laughs> to, <laughs> to wake up. So my, my first experience in EMT. But in, I, I, I back again in the, the next day, the next day, the fourth day, he said, ah, you, you, you saw a lot of tonsillectomies. Now you can do one. The, the, in the next room is yours. Please perform the same. So I started to perform the surgery even uh, knowing nothing about the clinic, the indications of the surgery I was a, 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 a good uh, uh, nurse, something like this. <laughs> and, and when I finished the graduation, I had performed more than 3,000 stosilectories. It's a lot. At the end of the graduation, with it's a uh, it's a, a, a different days, not like like today. And uh, I start to follow the 
the professors at the university and the ambulatory in helping them with the patients and study EMT. And then it, it was easier to pass in the exam. And I became one of the residents of the Department of EMT in 1977. Before I was born. two years old. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 1977. I passed in the second place because on the first place passed uh, the chief's son. Okay. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> first place got any second. But we, we became friends for all over the, the, the rest of the life. We, we talked every week each other. And then we started to perform surgeries and uh, uh, <clears throat> in April, in April this year, came to Brazil a guy. This guy was living in New York for 13 years performing, he's a Brazilian guy, performing uh, surgery and working in, in, in ENT, and, and he watched, saw all the great surgeons, the facial plastic surgeons in that time in New York. And he, he decided to go back to Brazil and, and choose Curitiba to live, and in April, he was in the department, and the chief of the department says to me and, and, and my colleague, now you stay all the time with this guy, all the time. So he, he, he taught us to perform a rhinoplasty. At that time, it was a rhinoplast. Lower the dorsal, trim the the caudal septum and trim a cephalic part of the lower lateral cartilage and, and osteotomies and done. 20 minutes or so. 20 minutes. This is the search. And then in, when I finished the residence, I moved to Uberlândia, my city. I, I, I'm from Sao Paulo. But I moved to Berlin because they offered me a place, at a spot at the university. And I became a professor at university in February 79, 1979. Long time ago. And uh, I, I, went to Sao Paulo, the University of Sao Paulo, to do mastery and doctor there. And, uh, I'm, I'm gonna talk later about my thesis. It's about low, uh, saddle loads. And in, a, in 82, I created the residence of EMT in my, my, in the, at the university, in my department. Uh, I have today more than 150 
ex-resident and uh, 18, 18 years ago, 15 years, 18 years ago, we created, uh, founded a, a fellowship in facial plastic surgery and cranial maxillofacial surgery. And we have around more than 20 ex-fellows working all over Brazil. That's just my story. And my two kids, I, I did a, a brainwash in both. And when they, <laughs> they, they, they was with eight, nine years old, they said, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna be a ENT, not, not a doctor, direct a ENT doctor. <laughs> so, and then both uh, did the, the residence with me. And we work in here, we have two clinics, one in, in, in the university is a, a, is a public uh, attention to the patients, free for everybody. And we have two private clinics, one in, in, in two hospitals, different hospitals. We work in both and, and perform service in both, both uh, hospitals. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating, and, and surely it must be quite interesting to work as a family in this thing, having both yes. your sons there. How it's, do you balance uh, that? It's, 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 uh, I, it's, it's impossible to describe my satisfaction. <laughs> yeah, because when, 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 when the son, the boy, gets married, he goes with the... Uh, wife's family. Okay, but during the day they stay with me here. I saw both every day. <laughs> That's classic. <laughs> sure. Yes. And and I, I mean I know you for many years now, but one of the things that amuses me the most is on our um, humor group. A day doesn't go by without some funny joke that you've seen. So I'm sure it must be quite an amusing thing to work with you however it's very serious at the same time i mean you guys are doing big surgery between yourself and thomas and lucas yeah we've done a lot of service and, and let me tell you about how i became the president of the international Federation. yes please i'd love to know i was in san francisco in i think it's 1992 with Fernando Pedroso. You do you know Fernando Pedroso? Pedroso? Fernando Pedroso is the most famous facial plastic surgeon in South America, from Colombia, Bogota, Colombia. We worked together there in America, Canada, a meeting, and he, he, he says, Oh, you, you should go with me uh, today in a meeting. During the night, to, I, I hate meetings. I don't want to. It's no, I, I, I want to go to a restaurant, a book the restaurant, to, to drink wine and eat uh, Italian food. But no, no, we'll, we'll be food and, and wine there. So, because of this, I decided to go with him. <laughs> and in this minute, we found 
the International Federation of Fishing Vessels. We found the international in Brazil, Janine, the, the International Federation. Yeah, I stayed for 10 years as a representative from Brazil in, in, in the Federation with two meetings a year in the US. So I used to go twice a year to the to US, to US to the meetings. And then they put me in the board by step by step. I, I, never, I never saw one day be a president of the International Federation. It's not my, my, my goal, my focus. But it it's, uh, was, was a normal procedure and then I am the president. And I, uh, before this, I, I did the World Congress in Brazil in 2016 in Rio de Janeiro. And came 700 people from 37 different countries. It was a, a good cause. I was good motto of people from all over the world came. It was good. And then in 2020, when was starting the pandemic, we we could. Uh, do the World Congress in Taiwan with Jerry. You, you uh, already uh, interviewed him here, Jerry. We did the, we did the Congress together. And now then, when is the next Congress happening? Because we've got listeners from around the world. And why should they yeah. necessarily come to a Congress? What are the great things yeah. about the International Federation's Congress that they run? Yes, the Congress is two years in U.S. and two years out U.S. So this was in Rome, then in Brazil, then in Taiwan, four and four years. And between these dates, two and two years in U.S. The next will be in September in Washington. And the other one out U.S. will be we have an election and one, uh, Rosella Kobo won, and the course will be in Colombia, probably in Cartagena. Cartagena is a beautiful place. It's perfect to, to have Congress. And another thing that... Um, the, it, 2024. Yes, 224 in, in Colombia. Then the other thing, I think Roxana is running that in uh, 2024. Yes. Yeah. And then the other thing that the, that the International Federation did really well with COVID was having a, a world webinar, a complete world day of facial plastic surgery. How did that go? Yes. Yes. Was was more than, more than, I, I don't remember the numbers, but it's a huge number. It's a lot of people watching the, the like like yours, like yours. A lot of people watch the No, that's great, eh? So I want to ask you a different question now. In in facial plastic surgery, what is the area that you enjoy most in operating yourself? I think it's it's I, I, I think it's nose because the change because you, you, you never perform the same surgery. 
each nose is a different surgery. This is you, you have to, to think about the surgery when I when I I go I go bed uh, um, before the, the surgery I perform the surgery in my my head and I go the next day to the the operating room with the surgeon beside my head, ready to perform. Normally, I do what I, I, I would think to do. And when I don't do, the things doesn't go right. I think it's the better what I, I thought for. <laughs> so, Jose, another question for you. At the moment, in like... I would say almost Europe or Western uh, rhinoplasty culture. Preservation rhinoplasty is now the, like the in thing. But my understanding is it's been something that's been done in South America for decades already. Um, what are some of your comments around that? Oh, I have to, to explain to you about the colonization of Brazil first. Brazil was discovered in, in uh, 1500s. It's uh, five five hundred years ago. It's a young country, and for for the Portuguese, and the Portuguese brought to Brazil six million Africans with slaves, African slaves from Mozambique, Angola, this this part of of. Of Africa came came to Brazil with his slaves in north of Brazil, north of Brazil, Salvador, where the Portuguese arrived, and then they uh, moved the capital to Rio de Janeiro, south, and then the slaves continued to, to came from Africa and mixed the Portuguese, with the Africans, and with the Indians. Mixed all the time, all the time. A Portuguese loves a black woman. They love, love a, black woman, a black woman. And uh, after, or before the First World War, First World War, came to Brazil, People from Europe, the rest of Europe, people from Poland, Italy, and Germany. And this kind of people came to Brazil, to the south of Brazil, because south of Brazil is colder than the north. It's colder. They prefer to live in the south of Brazil. So, in south of Brazil, is the, the, the states of Sao Paulo, Paraná. Santa Catarina, Rio Grande do Sul, so our countries in South of Brazil, there are a lot of guys with big nose. Where, where the pushdown works. Pushdown works in, the, in this area. And there, there, there is a guy there, Davis, Wilson Davis, Living in a small city in, in, in south of Rio Grande do Sul, he starts to do this kind of surgery 
stay trying to teach the rest of Brazil. But for the rest of Brazil, it's impossible to do this kind of surgery because we have lower, lower dorsal or, or, or a dorsal with a little high uh, dorsal. We don't need to do uh, 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 this kind of surgery, uh, uh, push down. And then now Saban started to do the same and Jose Carlos Neves stayed with, with Davis in South Brazil and, and, and learned how to, to, to do the preservation and spread all over the world. It's a, a new, new up-to-date again from uh, 50 years ago, six years ago, uh, they performed this kind of surgery. Certainly now they start again. But for me, I live, I live in Southeast, where the, the black people came from Oro, and the, and the South people came from so the, the uh, German, German, not German, but Italians came from South, from Sao Paulo, and mixed here. So we have a different note. We have a, a note with a thick skin, thick, thick skin, weak cartilage, a, a low, a, a, a little high dorsum, and no tip definition. This is, in general, 8% of our noses. So here, we, we don't need to do a, a preservation because we have to do extratural surgery. And nine, eight, nine percent of the patients with constant cartilage. We start to do with septum cartilage, with a, we, we, let, let me back again to the story. In, in, when I, we learned from Jean Manigle, this kind of survey that I, I showed, but there are some treatment concept. When I, I came to, I moved to Uberland, I started to do the same survey, but the, 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 the case was not good. I said, well, I have to do something different, and I don't know why do it in that. I was difficult. There's no internet, no cell phone, anything. Uh, I remember my, my boss in Curitiba used to go to Europe to, to learn, go by boat, by boat and stay four or five days in Europe. And, 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 and came back with a lot of books to study. It's different. It's different from the, the, how to, to, to get knowledge today. You go to the internet and in five minutes you know everything about what you want. Then we invited to a conference in Curitiba in 1988, Fernando Pedroso. And Fernando Pedroso gave a course in a separate room for six hours about rhinoplasty when where when you he showed us the strut, the delivery, and the sheep. We 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 never seen it's, it's the, 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 the auditorium stayed full. A lot of people stand around and watching what is the new and and all the professors went to 
to Bogota to learn more with Fernanda about this. So we start to do stretch, and in some cases, she and a deliberate approach. This changed my, changed my life. I start to have a better case, but along the time, we, we saw that it's, it's not uh, perfect because uh, patients lost the, the tip projection because of the, the heavy skin and the weak cartilage, even the septal cartilage. So we decided to move to a stronger cartilage. And then now we start to use uh, septal extension graft from costal cartilage. And now we are using two septal extension, a double septal extension graft to, to resist the, the healing and the the weight of the skin. I don't know what's the, the next step, I don't know, but <laughs> nowadays we are using this. Sure. Okay, I, I have another question for you. If you, if you are looking back at your career and uh, you would, you're speaking to, to surgeons, like younger colleagues as it were, the, the, the biggest dangerous areas for you in rhinoplasty, like where there can be mistakes or you yourself have made mistakes and haven't had outcomes that were optimal, that what do you think are those key things to get right? It's a bit of a negative question, it's not actually part of but a, like a warning of saying, guys, you have to make sure you get maybe the following three things for me are the key things about rhinoplasty. And that's open from like your consulting or your surgery. What would be your big things that you really need to, to be careful of when you're doing rhinoplasty? I have, I have a lecture about this, five tips to evitate uh, complication. First, first of all, you have to. I, I, I like to go to the screen with photos. With uh, I have a, a, a software uh, alter image, so I change the nose with the patient and discuss what he he likes most, what he prefers. So this is the first, the first what what they because when you remove the cast and the patient loves the nose, okay, I won't. <laughs> the rest because they they the patient has to like the nose at the moment when you remove the microphone. It's, it's one week. This is the problem. And, and in my lecture, I. I say, you have to pay attention on the dorsum, the radics, and the dorsum. The second, pay attention to the tip. Where is the tip? What do you have to do to correct the, the tip? The third is about the, if you, you will need to use spreader graphs or not. It's 
50% on my patients that use spread regrets in sharp modes. This is kind of the side. And, and the base of the dose. Most, 8% uh, of our patients have to, to, to do a procedure on the area resections in all the patients. I think you have to, to, to choose this, this, this areas, studies are in the side what you are going to do in the surgery. I, when I, I, let, let me tell you another story. Do you have time? Yes, yes, okay. I love your stories. Carry on, they're great. Eh? So this, this is in, in 1982, I went to, to Sao Paulo and my thesis was about several nose. And I discovered a, a, a carbon. So in theory, I I, I I have the 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 result the good results for the dorsum with carbon because we are made by carbon. If I put carbon in the nose, it's okay, perfect. There's no rejection or infection. So I operate um, some cases with carbon. Put the, the carbon in the dorsum to correct the cellulose. It's uh, interior, it's perfect. But in the real life, in three, four years, all the carbon distributed and had infection and moved. That's a problem. So we decide ah, it's let's let's move on to another option. So we decide to use homologous osbone and homologous cartilage. Homologous cartilage, we, we operate the uh, septum, and I put the septum in a, in a, I don't remember the solutions, alcohol or merchandise, I don't, I don't remember what's using. And when I was performing a rhinoplasty, I said to my nurse, my assistants, please bring the cartilage. So I used this cartilage in the nurse. Ninety percent of insertion. I use it bone from crystal, crystal leaf, crystal leaf bone. But the bone you need to fix the bone with screws. If you let the bone uh, with, with fixation, insertion, complete insertion else, then we decide to use uh, ear curtain, but with the, the, this extractural uh, rhinoplasty, you need more, more cartilage then. So we moved to costal cartilage. And, third, and then I, I've seen the Daniel beanbag. I started to use the beanbag with dicep cartilage. And then I saw uh, Gouche with dicep cartilage injected direct. I used the dicep cartilage direct. And first of this, I, I used the costal cartilage with a single piece. And I have a lot of, of warping. 
Then I, I saw the oblique cut to the butt curve. And, and nowadays we are using for the small uh, shadow goes and the small problems to correct in the dorsum by using direct uh, injection with dissect cartilage. For some cases, I use the B bag for the, the huge cases. Uh, we are using a single piece eroded in a fish. But it's, it's, it's so interesting for me to know that, but the, that you've used your PhD so well for your practice, because I think, okay, so it might be controversial. There are not many PhD rhinoplasty surgeons around the world. I don't use, I don't use PhD. I don't use, because it's, it's blood and it's, it's, you, it's make, when you have an insertion of the blood and you can you can lose what the exact or you you have to do a hypercorrection. So and, and it's, 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 you, you don't know how to measure how much I I, I do a hypercorrection. So I prefer to use the only cartridge. Okay, so one last small, question. Small, small problem. One last question for you. It's not so much rhinoplasty related. So it's about books. As I understand, you've published your own books as well about rhinoplasty. But have you also written a book about stories in rhinoplasty? Because you have some wonderful stories you can tell, eh? <laughs> there, is, there is two guys, two EMPs in Brazil. They wrote three books with a lot of only Doctor's story, and I have a lot of stories there in these books. <laughs> Let me show to, to finish what I did during these two years in pandemia. I wrote a chapter in the Regal Dollars and you Young Young about, uh, about uh, uh, approach for rhinoplasty in African descents. Okay. See, we did this. We, me and my colleague of residence, Marcos Mosseli, he's a chief of the department of the in Curitiba, we wrote this book about tip, only tip procedures, which is, it's a different book because we have here a, a clear code. When you approximate the cell phone, you see this surgery a movie about the surgery. Each, each, each chapter with this surgery. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Have you, have you had that, is that book published in English as well? The, no, this is, this is in Portuguese. Oh, you'll have to get this it into English as well. It's this is, this is interesting. And we publish, this is uh, the book from the Brazilian Academy of Facial Plastic Surgery. By the Mafia family wrote uh, seven or eight chapters in this book about rhinoplasty. And I had the uh, honor to write the story of the rhinoplasty in Brazil. <laughs> because 
I, I, wa I was a witness of the start of official Brazil because I follow all the transformations in, in the official plastic. I, I founded the Brazilian Academy of Facial Plaster. I was the first president. And here we are all and these years later. And then, and then we, we, we founded here in Uberlândia, before the pandemic, the, the Brazilian Society of Rhinoplasty. And the, the first course uh, was canceled for three or four times during the pandemic now. It's going to be held in, in Curitiba in, in end of the month, end, end of March. So we are going to have the first rhinoplast calls, Brazilian rhinoplast calls. Now, Jose, you yeah. like a you like a bottle of red wine. You just get better with age, eh? It's wonderful. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, listen, I wanted to just yeah, say on behalf of all the listeners from around the world, we've been hanging on your lips listening to these stories. And uh, thank you, man. Thank you for how you bring like a lightheartedness to, in some ways, the seriousness of facial plastics and rhinoplasty and, and, and what a pioneer you've been, not just in Brazil, but South America and around the world. I mean, it's, it's such an honor to listen to you. And thank you for taking time off from the family. And uh, please keep keep up that that mafia tradition that you guys have. Eh? Thank you. I thank you for inviting me. Sorry about my accent; it's a different accent so because I speak Portuguese. It's beautiful. And yes. thank you also to Galderma again for bringing uh, the series of the month of Ola from South America. So yeah, thanks, listeners, and we'll see you guys again next week. <laughs>